I think you mentioned that obviously the yacht life means that you'll mix around and work for and see a lot of the, I guess, super elite people which have basically more money than they know what to do with it. Um, and I think you mentioned a lot of some of at least some of the negative aspects or things that you've seen from these um, people which have a lot of money, which I think at the end of the day, we all assume that money would make us happy. Everyone wouldn't, no one would actually question or say no to more money. But I guess, what are some of the good things that you've seen, I guess, from people which have money? Like, you know, does it give them any sort of opportunities? Um, what is, I would guess, a good aspect? Um, yeah, I think there's always pros and cons to having all that money. But they, you know, I think the biggest thing with people that do you know, just from what I've seen, I guess, on yachts is, like, they do have a lot of money and they've definitely worked some sort of a discipline or some sort of a regime into their life where they can separate work from from enjoyment and family time. Um, It is very difficult, like, you know, I must say, though, it has been with a lot of the older people that I've worked with that seem a lot happier. I think they've gone through those times that money would have maybe changed them or made them a little bit someone that they didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. But basically what it's, what I've seen is they just, they like, you know, they just want to keep it simple. There's nothing crazy. There's nothing extravagant. There's no showboating. There's no like, look at me. It's not about anyone else, but them. It's a very personal a very they, yeah they're very very private very personal and keep to themselves spend their time with the family you know mm-hmm. they don't want to be out there showing and inviting friends having big parties like just trying to prove to everyone oh look what I have mm-hmm. you know um, I think one of the biggest benefits I guess for them is they're obviously rubbing shoulders with other extremely wealthy people so they get good opportunities to you know get to become early investors in certain things. Um, yeah, like one of the guys, like he basically, when the whole cannabis thing became legal in America, like he was one of the first guys to invest in, you know, some of grow, some of the grow houses. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's done very well from that. And it's like, you know, because he's got, he's mega wealthy, he's got a lot of money. And that's basically what it came down to in the States is, it was just all about money. That's the only reason it came became legal, really. Um, so, you know, it gave him that opportunity to do that. But I think it's easier to see the negatives because the mm. positive, you know, it's like then the person just looks like a normal person because mm. he's kind of got everything. He's got everything down. He's not, you know, his life's not a shambles. He's not upset. He's not depressed. He's not, you know whatever the case is. So they just come across as people with their heads on right. You know, they mm. they have balance in their life. They, I think they've, at some point in their life, they would have been, you know, maybe gone through a little bit of a, a rough stage where it was about showing off or being unhappy because they were doing things or being with people that, you know, they didn't really want to be with. But yeah. a lot of the good sides do come from like, yeah, and I think a lot of people think that these wealthy people are like some sort of an, uh, 
I mean, yes, they're in a elite category, but they're not elite people. Like mm. they're people. They're just like you and me. Mm. And the ones that are happy, even though they have a lot of money, yeah, they've just found what they like. They find the things that they enjoy and they care about, and they just basically get on with that. And they they are very private. They're not out there and. But then again, you get the other side of it where, you know, people, I guess they kind of want to show off in a way, maybe. And it's not so mm. much about having fun, but it's like, how much can I show these people what I have or like, this mm. is all mine. And, you know, it's like, have the most expensive alcohol or the most expensive whatever, or go to like this private island and bring all your friends on and get, you know, have a good time, which I'm sure they're enjoying. But, you know, sometimes it does come across as like, you know, are your friends more important than your family? Like, you know, mm. it's kind of, yeah, you never see the family on a boat, but you always see a bunch of friends that they kind of just, you know, showing off all their stuff to. And, and I think, yeah, like, there's been a few boats that I've worked on that have children, like mm -hmm. young kids. And, you know, the mother, yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't basically, the kids don't sleep in their room. The kids don't, she doesn't change their diapers. She doesn't feed them. She doesn't, she's not with them all day. It's like, there's just a nanny looking after them. And it's like, you know, not, not, nothing's wrong with that. I mean, you know, if you if you want time to enjoy yourself, then sure. But I also feel that you know that's where they lose a little bit of family, like unconditional love. Mm. Like someone else, someone else is bringing up your child, and like I think they do lose that little bit of like family um, bond. Like you know when you're getting a son whoever, however old he is, 18, 21, whatever, that, you know, doesn't respect his father. It's like, there's, yeah, that that doesn't kind of give a good sense of your life, really. There's, there's a few issues there, like something's either been more important than your family or, you know, you yeah, you've just not really paid as much attention as you should have to your kids or whatever the case is. And it's like, you know, people, they get caught up in, how can I get more? How can I, you know, keep, keep, well, yeah, keep what I have or get more. And a lot of the time, the biggest thing you see is your the family life definitely suffers. And, yeah, I can't imagine that that would be fun. Um, you know, like I said, they are just normal people. They just like you and I they have emotions and feelings just like you and I. And, um, but they did, yeah, the money definitely does, uh, sometimes bring out a bit of a bad side in people, you know, and they definitely feel, well, I wouldn't say all of them, but a lot of people just think that because they have money, they can kind of do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. You get very obnoxious people that, you know, if there has a problem, just throw money at it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, like. I mean, I guess you'll get by and that that's fine, but, you know, it's, it doesn't really give people a very good view on, 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 or of them as a person. Like, you know, you just, 
any hardships you come across in life, like just throw more money at it. And it's like, well, yeah, I don't know. It's not really something that I agree with too much. And I mean, I think if you have kids, it's kind of, you know, because you want kids. And it's like, you should be able to do those jobs that, you know, you say might not be fun, but yeah, they build a strong family. They build a base that, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, blood is thicker than water. And a lot of the time you get, like, the kids are, yeah, it's kind of like almost, I don't want to speak badly of them, but, you know, they, you just look at them and you're like, well, how are you going to be a success in life? Like, like, yeah, your dad's made all this money, but it's like, you're not a a complete human. Like, you left something. It's It's more of a, I think it's harder and more detrimental to the kids than to the actual people that have the money. Like, you just, like, you feel so sorry for those kids because you can see, like, they're craving something. Like, they need affirmation from their parents or they need love or they're always trying to, you know, get that from them. And because maybe they're chasing money and they're chasing success, like, the kids are going to be a little bit out of character to do something so they can get noticed. You know, it's like, well, any recognition is better than no recognition, you know? So, like, I think a lot of those kids find it very difficult. Like, yeah, it's not easy to grow up that way for sure. And I think the kids will, well, not will, but some of them are definitely going to go through life with some scars, man. And, you know, like, like with a daughter, man, you know, anyone that has a daughter, in my opinion, is her first boyfriend, I guess, for lack of a better word, or someone that she looks to to find what qualities she needs in a man is her father. Mm. Like, the way he treats her, the way he respects her, the way, you know, that's what, the, the, the man that comes into her life, he needs to live up to the father's expectations. Mm. You know, she's got a base and she's got a, like, my dad treated me like this, I need to be treated like that. Like, mm. you know, it kind of gives her an entry level of what to look for in another man. And I just think, you know, a lot of those kids, they don't get that intimacy or that, you know, deep connection with their family or with their parents. And yeah, it's, it's, I don't, yeah. I mean, I've had, you know, some guys I've worked for that their kids are drug addicts or whatever it is. And it's just like, yeah, they're lashing out because they, they're looking for something, you know, they're looking mm. for some, like I said, any, any, um, note or any whatever, yeah, notice is better than none, you know, like even if it's bad, at least my dad noticed me. Or, and I think that kind of stuff definitely goes into, you know, just wanting to chase money. And if money becomes the most important thing in your life or the thing that you're chasing, then you actually, you don't live, you lose out on so many opportunities and beautiful things in life that, mm. you know, are actually more important than money. Like, again, like I said before, is you leave your values, your morals, your, you know, those are the things you leave behind. And, like, that's almost more important than leaving your kid a bunch of money. It's like, 
I've made you a good person, someone that, you know, will work hard or will be an honest, hardworking, trustworthy person and someone that will be able to go and pursue something that makes them happy rather than, you know, just seeing basically how these guys grow up and it's like money is the most important thing and then it so does it become for the kid then it's all about money and it just kind of creates a bit of a vicious cycle and yeah i think a lot of those kids uh, like yeah i think love is definitely the answer when it comes to stuff like that you know you you definitely have to it's a fine line of trying to make money and uh, have a family. Like, if you want to have a family, I think it's it's a very big responsibility. Like, yeah, I can't remember where I heard it, but it's like people should almost get a, like, some sort of a degree or certificate to have a family. Like, you, you know, you should be able to have certain things set up in a way that, you know, your life's not a shambles and you can have kids and bring people in and actually make the world a little bit of a better place. No, and I think, as you say that, I think for me, obviously, you know, your parents, you know, they obviously instill a lot of good values and stuff. And there's only so much they can do, as uh, I think. And I think the other thing we obviously spoke about was, you know, how obviously your life experiences uh, and having those things shape you into the person that you are. But like I still remember, I guess um, you being eighteen year old, uh, eighteen year old, and you know I think I don't know if it was the first time you came back from the yachts and the boats, and obviously there was a lot of emphasis at that time in money, um, or, or not in money, but rather about making money and how important money was to you and stuff like that, and not that you were wasteful with it or something like that, but I guess it was just you know that ignorance of youth. But then I think when you had that back injury and you came back to SA, I definitely noticed a more mature a more um how can you say um yeah articulate version of you that i've never seen before and mm-hmm. yeah what what happened and what changed for you to really because it really it was the same keegan definitely in terms of the way he spoke and stuff like that but you know some of the things that were coming out of your mouth i didn't expect in a good way i was just like damn okay um, but what happened and what yeah. changed i guess in that in that in that time frame or yeah, during that period. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say yeah, there were some wasteful times for sure. I mean, I guess any kid that makes a little bit too much money is going to be a bit of an idiot sometimes. So there were some times I guess I look back on I'm like, oh man, that was a bit you know, I guess stupid of me. Um, but I guess yeah, you learn from those things, and at the end of the day, I think yeah, when I hurt my back in the boating accident that I had, um, it kind of, it was a bit of a a shock. Like, you know, I'm going to have to now carry this back injury for the rest of my life. And they wanted to put two of my discs or they wanted to remove two of my discs or, you know, basically put two cages in my back. And that kind of really, really, really freaked me out. Like it definitely gave me a big scare. Um, and, I had a lot of time to just basically sit and think. Like, 
I think that's when I really, really spent a lot of time in my own head, like trying to figure out like, okay, well, what is the end game here? Like, you know, what do you actually want out of life? Like I knew I wanted to farm, but yeah, money was definitely, you know, one of the bigger reasons that I was working abroad. Um, but not really having like any kind of goal. It was just, let's just make money and, you know, do what I have to do to buy property, buy investments, whatever else. And I think once I hurt my back, it was like, well, yeah, it just put it, it put in, you know, it put a lot of it into perspective. Like basically, yeah, money you get paid is basically they're just giving you something for the time that you've committed to working at somewhere. So, you know, you give them your time, they give you money. Like that's literally how, that's what it is. And I think being home for those eight months, like, well, I was in America first for like six months with a back injury and I started doing a lot of yoga, you know, um, my girlfriend at the time was a yoga teacher, so she got me into yoga. Um, and I think that also made a, had a bit of a uh, change in it just to uh, kind of like understand my body a little bit more and to, you know, be able to listen to my body a bit more and kind of become one with my body. Like most of the times, you know, you just, yeah, you're eating, you're out drinking, you go to bed, it's like, you just you get into such a regime with it and i guess once i hurt my back too i started doing a lot of um fasting and that also <clears throat> somehow really got me to be in tune with my own body and like be able to notice slight differences whether it was just inflammation from eating a bit of sugar or you know whatever it was like but I think it was just also spending time not doing anything and not working and I kind of felt worthless mm-hmm. and it was like it kind of made me realize that I'd given so much of myself to this industry where I was so committed to every job I worked in I gave my all I never you know slacked I always put in the extra work I always did my best but I always got the same paycheck you know, I got paid as much as the other guy. And it was kind of a realization of like, I'm sure it's like that with every industry, man. Like, they'll just chew you up and spit you out. And, you know, when you're done, they just take the next person. And that's that. There's no recognition. There's no, you know, accolades. There's no someone checking in on you. Oh, I'm sorry. Or are you feeling better or whatever? It's just life life carries on and it was like I think at that point I just realized like I don't need to do this because everybody else is doing it like I don't want to just be another cog in the wheel like I don't want to be part of the rat race I want to get out and do what I actually want to do which is to farm Mm -hmm. so I think it, it definitely matured me in a way where it was like well let's take a step back Let's see what actually does matter. And then going home for eight months and, you know, taking that time to recover and actually being on the farm, not able to work, but, you know, 
just being able to drive around the farm and work around the farm, like, or walk around the farm and kind of just manage things, which is, I guess, what I would end up doing, but obviously a lot more hands-on. But it was, like, kind of a big realization, like, okay, this is this is what I want to do. And, like, you know, we don't need to be proving anything to anyone. We don't need to be wasting my time by wasting my money because the more money I would spend or the more money I would waste just basically equals the more time I have to be working somewhere and I can't do what I want to do. So it was, you know, I guess the combination of all of those things, um, yeah, they kind of just definitely, you know, definitely, yeah, it definitely put me down and I was in a bit of a depressed state for a while. I mean, my back took almost two years to fully heal. And I mean, there were nights I'd cry myself to sleep and just, you know, I think I'd never, ever get better again. I would never be able to work. I mean, my relationship ended up falling apart because, yeah, I just, you know, I guess just thought that I'd never get better. So, you know, which is a blessing in disguise, I guess. But yeah, things were just, everything kind of just fell apart at once. Like my whole life just turned upside down and I was like, is this because I've of the way I've been living or is it just by chance? But either way, I just took it as a way of like, you know, you need to change something. Like something needs to have, there needs to be a shift in some, some form, some part of your life, whether it was, you know, working overseas or, you know, yeah, it was just, I guess it's just got my priorities, gave me a lot of time to get my priorities straight and to figure out like, what do I actually want to be happy? Because I've given all this time to make other people happy and worked hard and, you know, done a good good job at every boat I've been on to kind of just make sure everybody else was happy and go out of my way to do that. And it was like, after I heard myself, I was like, well, nobody's here to make sure I'm happy. So the only person that's going to make me happy is myself. So Mm. you have to really like, yeah, I guess it just allowed me to look and see, well, you know what? I got to do this for what makes Keegan happy. Yeah. So yeah, I think that was a very big, you know, and that's, that's the one thing I must say, like hurting my back, like now, two years later, um, I'm in much better shape than I've ever been. Like, I'm lighter mm. than I was when I left school. Like, I'm flexible. I'm not as strong, but I'm not, you know, I don't need to be benching ridiculous amounts of weight. Like, and yeah, just the silver lining and that, that, that injury was definitely a blessing as much as it, you know, brought me down and kind of turned my life upside down. It, it, allowed me to get to a much better place yeah so i think you mentioned a few things that you obviously changed you started fasting um and um that's something actually after discussion with you myself and emily have started doing i think we do 16 by 8 um i know that you also um as you said did a lot more yoga we didn't do as much yoga and i think you also did a lot of walking if i'm not mistaken your brother told me you'd been doing a lot of walking on the treadmill oh yeah yeah so I mean, you know, we, we're both into our, or and my brother too, we're all into our English Premier League. So uh, mm. I would 
literally go and get on the treadmill in front of a TV and watch like three or four games back to back and just walk like miles, man. Like I'd walk for three or four hours. And it was something that I'd read um, that like walking would naturally kind of get your spine to, you know, go back into the correct alignment. Mm-hmm. And it was like either I would have to lie down because I was in pain. So I'd either be lying down or standing. So like I couldn't sit. It was just too painful to sit. So it was like every time like I was just, yeah, I just walked man, for hours and hours and hours. Like, and I think, you know, even like the games are only on the weekends. So I obviously on the weekends, I'd have something to do while I was walking. But during the week, I would just go around Fort Lauderdale and just also for hours, just walk. And, mm. you know, it definitely gives you a lot of time to think. Your mind starts to wander and a lot of deep thought, like a lot of self, like, yeah, looking into yourself and, you know, like just soul searching, man. Like, you know, it was definitely a, a, a good time for me to kind of reassess and look at myself and, you know, try and find out like, okay, well, you know, yeah, is money, you're doing this for money, but clearly you're at this point in your life, which I would have probably considered one of the lowest points in my life, if not the lowest. And it's like, chasing the money is not going to help. Like, yeah, you got a bank account full of money, but you, you know, you're not in any position to actually go and enjoy it because you're in pain. So it was like, well, yeah, you can be dying on your deathbed with billions of dollars in the bank. It's not going to mean anything at the end of the day. Like, you know, you may as well enjoy your life. And if that means you don't make as much money as, you know, the guy next to you, then that's fine. It's, as long as you enjoyed your life, that's definitely more important. Do you think one of the biggest things I think you mentioned it as well before was actually finding out or figuring out what the end game should be and then everything or lining everything to make sure that you do that, even if it means obviously, you know, changing what you've been doing um, to rather fulfill that rather playing long term than short term? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's something I still kind of struggle with every day. And I think changing my job title in this industry from, you know, working on deck to engineering, it's definitely given me a little bit of a, I guess, a, 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 well, not an excuse, but, a, you know, just a reason for me to kind of stick it out here a little bit longer because I am learning and it is something for the long game. You know, it is allowing me to, get experience that I'm going to use for something that I really want to do and I enjoy doing, which is being on the farm. Um, So, yeah, I think changing, I mean, just that in itself has definitely, you know, helped me stay in this industry. I don't think I would be in this industry if I hadn't done that. I would have just, you know, packed it up and said, well, you know what, I'm just going to go farm. But because I'm, a, I'm able to, and I was fortunate enough to change into that side of things, um, it it still allowed me to, you know, make a decent amount of money, but also work towards, you know, like you mm-hmm. said, the, the end game, which is, yeah, one of the only reasons that I am still in this industry, because if, if that wasn't an option, I 
don't think I would have been here. So, you know, I still fight with myself mentally every day, like about going home and going to farm because, yeah, sometimes you have to do things that you don't like mm. so that you can spend, you know, like they say you got to live like a peasant before you can live like a king. And mm. not a ki- not in a sense of financial, but more as in a happiness mm. um, view of things. Like sometimes you have to do some things you don't like before you can get to the place where you actually are going to enjoy what you want. And I guess that's the fine line of, you know, finding out what sacrifices you're willing to make um, mm. to get to where you want to be. Like, I don't want to, you know, sell my soul or sell my life and then go and eventually get to somewhere and have a beat up body and not be able to enjoy the farming side of things or spend 20 years in this industry and then go back and I'm like old and, you know, not really wanting to farm anymore or whatever the case is. It's like there's a fine line. And like I said earlier, you know, once I'm able to set myself up to a point where my, all my bills will be paid and I can have a little bit of money to put aside for my family or, you know, sending my kids to um, university and school one day when I get married and have kids. Um, you know, those are the things that I guess I've prioritized. So mm-hmm. once I'm able to, you know, do those things and get them in line, then, yeah, then it's, the pursuit of, I guess, money will stop because you need money to live. There's no two ways about that. Like it's Mm -hmm. just something you have to do. And yeah, like I said, it's just that fine line of finding where do you stop and where do you, you know, when do you start living the life that you want to live? And I am very fortunate in the fact that I do have a farm to go back to. Um, It's something that is definitely really, really become apparent to me of how fortunate I am. I mean, I did nothing to deserve it. I just was born into this family and that's just, yeah, you got to be very, very humble and very grateful for those, those things that come along and, you know, you just got to accept that that's what they are and be grateful for them and do your best to just keep them going. Yeah, but and I think what you've mentioned as well is I think blindly chasing the money without an end game, you get to a point where either one, you'd be frustrated or, you know, two, you you end up eventually getting to a point to say, well, what am I actually doing? Why have I wasted all of this? Um, and you're not even in tune to figure out what you want to do. But that's why I say, like, for me, the smartest thing that you did was, or not really smartest, I guess it was out of fortune. You had time to think about, okay, like, what is my end game? And can I chase it now? Maybe not. But then can I use a situation and circumstance that I'm in, which is obviously your yachting life, to build towards it? And there are days, I'm sure, yes, as you say, it's tough. But you know at the end of the day, it's all for the end game. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, I mean, you know, Life's not all, like you said earlier, it's not all sunshine sunshine and rainbows, but there are, yeah, you you got to be able to be true to yourself and know what you're willing to put yourself through and how much, I guess, 
unhappiness or turmoil you're willing to go through to get to where you want to go. I mean, yeah, life's not easy. And if you have a goal that you really want to get to and it's going to make you happy, you can endure quite a lot. Um, and you'll definitely, you know, be able to keep yourself motivated to get to where you want to get to. Um, but yeah, I think having, like I said, man, that back injury for me was definitely, there was a huge silver lining about it. Like it was definitely a blessing in disguise. It, it allowed me to just sit down and actually reevaluate what was going on. And I think, you know, it's something that I guess most people or many people get caught up in where it's just, you get caught up in the rat race and life just goes by and like you know I, I one of the biggest things I struggle with is just the fact that I'm always away from family and friends and it's mm-hmm. like I want to be like it's almost like I'm not really living my life right now it's a little bit mm-hmm. of like you know you have to sacrifice in life it's just the way it is you do and mm-hmm. this is a part of my life that I've accepted and come to terms with that in my 20s, I'm going to sacrifice, you know, my youthful years so that I can live the rest of my life, my life the way I would like to live it, you know, mm. and I can be in the position that I can be at home, raise my kids, like doing something I love, enjoying my time, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's not a bad idea for people to, you know, I guess meditate is one way to do it. And, you know, you don't need to do anything fancy to meditate. You can just literally sit in a room with yourself and try and get into deep thought. And, I mean, that's that's basically what meditation started out as. And I think that's where yoga kind of helped you because you you exhaust your physical body with the practice. And then at the end you lie down and your mind you that you just you just go wherever your mind takes you and it kind of you know puts a few things into perspective and it definitely makes you realize that you know this is something that you you need to have balance in there needs to be some sort of place where you you know you can work and then you can have your play and just finding that balance of being able to go from work which you might not enjoy or which might not be exactly what you want to do and then switch it and find some area of your life that you really do enjoy and if you're lucky maybe you could work in an area like that or you could Mm -hmm. find a you know a vocation that will allow you to do something you really enjoy Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah it's 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 definitely been a a bit of a roller coaster. Like the beginning of my yachting industry or my yachting career was very much just, you know, kind of in cruise control, not much thought into much stuff. You just do it because you're making good money and you're like, well, I guess this is what we, what people do. Uh, there's not much for like, yeah, there's no force. Like, well, what is the end game? So it's, it's mm. definitely something I think most people would benefit from, you know, just being able to, and I think a lot of people are, you know, I think there's definitely 
quite a big awakening happening where people are kind of, you know, deciding that their happiness is maybe a little bit more important than the business that they're working for. Because like I said, at the end of the day, man, those businesses, they just, yeah, if you get fired or if you hurt yourself and, you know, like after I hurt myself on that boat, within like a week, someone had replaced me. And it was business as usual for them. But now I'm left, you know, for two years trying to pull my life together. And I think when something like that happens, it kind of really helps change things for the better. I mean, it could it could have gone really bad and I could have just still been in a hole, but my back healed. And I guess I'm fortunate. I have, you know, a lot of good friends around me and have a a love like a very loving family supportive uh, yeah very good support group around me and you know that definitely made a big difference and that kind of shows you you know where what is important in life and that yeah just chasing money might not be you know the best option at the end of the day your friends will love you when you've got all the money and when you don't have the money, then you might not be the flavor of the month anymore. So, you know, it's it's kind of like a bit of a fleeting happiness. So, I guess you just take the you take that into perspective and kind of think about, well, yeah, you're the only one that's gonna make you happy. So, find out what you like, and that's what you got to pursue. Yeah. No, and I think. I think it's Jim Carrey. I'm not too sure because, you know, these days you can sort of make a quote of any, or, um, from anyone. You know, paste a yeah. picture as a background and just put quote quotation marks around something. Sure. Um, but I think if if it's not him, I know that there was that um, quote where um, the person said, I wish everyone could be rich so they could realize that money wouldn't make them happier. So I'm guessing you also believe in that from what you've seen and experienced. Yeah, definitely. Look, I think there's a certain amount of money that gets you to full of happiness. Like I said, you need money to pay your bills. You need money to buy food. You need money to put your kids through education, to be able to have medical. You know, if if anything happens, you can pay for your medical bills. You can, and I think once you've got to that level, more money does not make you happier. And you know, it might, you might be able to buy nice toys and, you know, go and do a bunch of cool holidays and sightsee and all that. But the base, I think once you make that money that your necessities are covered, you have a roof over your head, you have food, you have, you know, electricity, you have warmth, you have, yeah, those basics, then, then I think you, you kind of plateau when it comes to happiness, you, you kind of hit that level. And, you know, it's kind of like, if you can get to that level where without spending all of your time making the money or continually mm. having to make the money and continually using all of the time, then you have a little bit more freedom to, like I said, find something you enjoy, do the things you like. And I think that's kind of everybody's own decision to make is how much money is that? Like, how much money do you need to be at that level where you have what you want? Because some people want big houses, and nice cars, and 
that's all fine, but then you are going to sacrifice, like I said earlier, time is literally money. Mm. So, you know, if you're going to spend more time making more money, then you're going to have less time doing things that you enjoy. So, mm. it's, yeah, you got to find that, that uh, I guess, level of money that you need or that you would like to have what you want. And hopefully you will, you know, be able to have some time then to actually live the life that you want. Um, because, yeah, definitely going in and putting in more hours to make more money. It, I, yeah, I mean, it's not really, in my opinion, not going to make you happier because you're just going to keep wanting things. And, you know, the society of today is very good at telling you that you need these things. And, you know, like the latest iPhone, the latest this, and it's like, you know, is it because you need it or is it kind of because you want people to see you that, look, he has this nice car and he has this nice iPhone and his life must be great. And it's like, well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, how much do you really need? I guess is the question, people. you know, that that's one of the main questions to ask yourself. I know that's one question that I really, really ask myself and you know, like, I guess for me, I'll be like my, what I really like to do is you know, be on the farm. I definitely want to get into beekeeping. I did a bit of it while, I, while my back was sore. Uh, there was a guy in Fort Lauderdale and um, he had a he had a few beehives around the city. So I helped him a few times and, you know, like something like that. I mean, you know, you find things that you enjoy to do and it's like, would I rather spend a Saturday, you know, making some honey or tending to my bees? Or would I go and push some papers in the office so that I can get the new iPhone? Mm. And, you know, that's kind of, yeah, that's, I guess, what it comes down to. It's it's not that I, I keep on wanting to bang away from social media, but, you know, um, it was just one of the things when Imola when she was doing her master's, I'm not sorry, not a master's, when she was doing her final year paper, um, she had to do a lot of market analysis because she did um, sports science. So, but in terms of being analytical as a bachelor of applied science, you know, they had to have some sort of way of measuring metrics and stuff like that. And one of them that she was really busy with was on the marketing side of um, the company, which she was doing her internship at. And through yeah. that, we obviously got into the whole thing of marketing and advertising and um, because, yeah, I was obviously reading through the papers and discussing with her while she was doing it and stuff like that. And with that, we even did um, a few online courses on social media content marketing and strategies and stuff like that. And one of the things that they always tell you at the end of the day is that you need to try bring about emotion with what you're marketing, you know, and it makes sense because the more emotional you are about something or the more emotion you can convey with a message. And that's what really social media is very good at. If you look at the way they do clickbaity titles, which will basically make you infuriated or happy or in love or the images that they use, which obviously they use more negative than positive is to right. make you feel emotional. And when you're feeling mm -hmm. emotional, you're not as rational. Oh yeah. And with that, it's very easy to sway your opinion. So that's really something that I guess, as we always mention, you know, trying to keep people happy and people advertising and giving you products or suggesting products. First of all, the first thing that they're going to try to do is make you feel emotional some way 
in some shape or form by either saying, oh, this will make you happier or, you know, obviously anyone is inquisitive when it comes to flashy cars or, you know, naked women and stuff like that, that they yeah. advertise. And all of a sudden, as soon as they bait you emotionally, you are more likely to make that purchase, even if it doesn't really make sense to you or it doesn't really add any value to your life because that's what your logical brain is supposed to evaluate. But it's been taken yeah. out of the equation now. Oh, it's yeah. really been taken out of the equation by making you feel emotional. And it's not only social media. I think it's just marketing in general or salesmen, you know, at the end of the day. They're always going to try and make you feel emotional somehow about it and really sell it to you. And I guess you can't have everyone obviously being sensible and, you know, have being rational and stuff like that. But as you say, like, for you, I think your anchor and it's just ironic because yeah, you're on the boats and stuff like that. But your anchor for you, okay. I really feel, was looking at the end game. To say that yeah. when whenever I feel emotional and I don't feel up to it, or you know, I question what I am doing or what what it will be or where to go, your anchor at the end of the day is looking at your end game, which is like I want to farm. Yeah, hundred percent. And that takes you through the rough days and the rough patches. And, you know, if you needed to take a, a, a pay cut or change industries or jobs and something like that, you know, you would do it because you know what your anchor is. You know what your end game is. And that is yeah. really, and as I'm saying for you, I really, I really saw the difference that, that time because you really felt grounded. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. And, you know, I think, yeah, that's, that's something that, you know, people need to begin. That's you spend the time in your own head and you kind of find out for yourself, you know, what is it that I need or that I want? What makes me happy? And if you find something that really, really makes you happy, it like you say, it, it gets you through those hard days. Like, like, you know, I'm not having the best time of my life. Like, you know, I'm not, not very active on social media, but, I'm also not mm. trying to show the world that I live this amazing life because mm. I'm, that's just not who I am. I don't want to like portray negative or like false, you know, if, like, give anyone a false view of the way I'm living. Sure, some people look at pictures and say, oh, it must be amazing, but I don't post much. I don't, you know, show all the nice toys on the boat or the nice restaurants around here. And it's like, you know, I, yeah. And I, I think that's because I've, realized what you just said about social media and it's kind of like the whole the whole aim of it is to keep i guess making money to keep the whole maybe not i don't think it was done intentionally but it's mm. kind of like you know they want to keep the population i guess dumbed down or emotional or making erratic decisions because i think without that kind of those kinds of decisions being made where people, like you say, are emotional and make purchases that they wouldn't normally or that aren't rational. Like, I think if, if those things didn't exist, like social media didn't have that sway on people's um, choices, I think a lot of people would be a lot more grounded and actually know where they're going. But it's just like, it's you kind of get sucked into it and it just, it, it steals a large part of your cognitive ability because it's easy, it's there, it's it's emotional, it makes you angry, it makes you want to, you know, um, basically communicate more or at least 
use the platform more or get into some sort of rabbit hole, whether it's reading some conspiracy or, you know, yelling at people on, on the comment sections or whatever it is. And it's like, it's kind of just, it's almost like alcohol, man. Like I'm not a big alcohol consumer at all, but it's the same thing. Like alcohol is legal because it keeps the general population suppressed. Like, oh, we'll just get drunk over weekends. And it's like, I mean, do you, do you think any intelligent thoughts when you're drunk? Like, no, you're just having a good time. You just want to, you're letting go. You, you, you're kind of letting off some steam, which is great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like, if we get into a, like humans are very, very much creatures of habit. And if you get into that habit, you just constantly do it in it and, you know, you don't really progress in a way. You just, that's just the way you are. So you keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. It's like, and then your life just, you know, it just becomes kind of like a, you can just, you know, one week to the next week, it's the same thing. You're always doing the same thing. You go to work, weekend comes, you have a few drinks with your mates, you have a good time, and then you're back to work. And it's like, it kind of, in a way, I, I mean, that's just, like I said, the person, the pessimist in me, like, you look at it like it's kind of a way to control and keep people in a certain mindset or mind frame, like, not mm-hmm. in allowing them to expand their, their horizons in a way of, like, what do I actually want? Like, the more we can keep you, like, that's my kind of view, the more that social media or whatever can keep you out of your own head, the better for them. Mm-hmm. Because they're keeping you engaged in something that, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a business. They, The more you use it, the more they make. So they just want to keep you, like, keep feeding you things and not allow you to maybe, you know, make your own decisions or your own goals and your own wants and all those kinds of things. Yeah, I, I spoke to Emil about it, you know, even just doing the podcast and stuff because it's something i still remember when i was in richards bay with my old um flatmate you know he he always asked me if you could do something for the rest of your life what would it be i said i'll just like to speak to interest interesting people pick their brains and just for myself even if it's just for myself not always podcasting it or something like that but i always felt like that would be it but at that time being an engineer one there was never enough time to work on that after hours you know you just get back home yeah. and you're just yeah. sort of stressed out and the only thing you want to do is hit the gym come back sleep because you know you're getting up the next morning you have to deal with all these metrics and the yeah. industry and if the exchange rate is great enough for you guys to sell your product and this guy doesn't want to come back to work and this and stuff like that but moving yeah. into this place that i'm in night that in, i'm in now obviously we've got a dev team of like just three people one and because it's a web our, our platform that we use for work is web-based i was just able to get a lot better at a lot of the i guess technology and things that the internet has to offer so right. that's how you know building websites obviously we have a, a a web-based platform and even then just because i was doing that it helped me obviously set up the website for myself and emila and through that you know then we got into youtube because it was just her passion it was just all these things i was doing outside of work but now they sort of intertwined so right. i guess as as i said like you know end of the day in terms of what is the end game i do not know where podcasting will take me or anything like that but i just want to converse and chat with other people and 
that has also made me happier to be at the job that I'm in because I'm that's as I'm saying it's got me to the point where I am happy because it feels really applicable to what I'm doing now. And when I was working on a big factory um, at both of the companies I worked at before, you know, the stuff that we were making, yeah, I was like, I didn't really care about it, you know, fine. Not that I didn't care about it in terms of sales and performance, I did. But even right. there, you know, the products that we were making didn't change my life. Um, it didn't really change anyone's life, you know. We were making beer on one sure. side. Um, and, you know, I didn't even drink it. So, you know, you just like, you have that cash drain too, but even there you sort of had to be happy because yeah obviously they're paying your paycheck and you know right. the whole it's a big company and stuff like that but yeah you know what was the end game it was not, not like i was going to start making beer myself because no um it yeah, didn't exactly. it didn't really make sense so here where i'm in that space now as you say is maybe i do need to go sit back and as well also think about my end game but i just like the fact that what i'm doing at work can apply elsewhere for once Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and that's exactly, like, how I feel, too. And I think that's where, you know, with the whole engineering side of things, like, it's part of my end game. It's not, you know, it's mm. a big part of it. And it's the same with you. Like, I mean, I don't think, yeah, I can't, I think when I started listening to podcasts, mm. that's when I really got into, like you said, just wanting to sit down and converse with people. Like, mm. not there's not many people that are, I've been able to sit down and have like two, three hour long conversations with, you know, you don't find many of those people around, but when I do, mm. like I will sit there and talk until the sun comes up because I, mm. it's the same thing for me. Like I enjoy, tell me how you think, man. Like I want to hear what, I want to see how your brain works, you know? And I think the podcasting is definitely a good way to go about it. And yeah, man, I think just, you know, you all there's always going to be interesting people that want to converse and have something to say and yeah it is it is cool that i mean the industry you're working in is basically part of what you're doing right now as a hobby so mm -hmm. you know it's it's definitely yeah i mean and it feels good like you're doing this on a weekend in your own time because yeah. you enjoy it mm -hmm. so that you know it's something that gives you happiness and allows you to be more the person that you want to be. So yeah, I guess again, there you go. It's like you found a way to, you know, changing industries or changing careers and it's at the end of the day you're happier. Like, yeah, you're not using the degree you got, but that that's not the end of the world, you know. It's yeah. The world the 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 world still turns around and the sun still comes up. So you're still happy or you're happier and you know the things things will happen the way that they're going to happen sometimes it takes you a bit of time to find that i mean it took me like yeah a good eight or nine months you know for me to really get my head around the whole like you know let's just do this for the end game like I'd always wanted to farm, but well, not always, but after like the second year, I'd wanted, I knew I wanted to farm, but like being able to sit down with myself during my healing time, it was, it just became so much more clear to me. Like, this is the route you need to take. This is how you need to go about it. And, you know, maybe think of doing the engineering side of it, not, you know, just doing the other side outside and just really washing boats and driving boats and like 
you know, so a little change, and that's the thing, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to change your whole industry, like, for me, I'm still mm. in the same industry, I'm just in a different department, mm. so, you know, there might be people out there that just want to, instead of being the accountant, they might want to, you know, do something else in the job, in the, in the company, and, yeah. you know, you, yeah, people will make those changes, and like, yeah, you've made a pretty big change, but, at the end of the day, you are a lot happier for it. Hundred percent. And yeah, I'm just trying to think of the the term I had a train of thought now, which um, sort of escapes me. Um, oh yeah, but you know, even in terms of what you were talking about, where you know people basically do this on a weekend, no one's paying you to do it. Like for me, the podcast obviously doesn't make any money or anything like that, but. You know, it's a two, three hour, four hour thing. And during the week, a lot of hours to edit and stuff like that. But right. I still want to do it, you know, irrespective of if it's going to make money or not. And that just, I think that's really what can bring people joy to say, hey, you know what? I want to do this, even though yeah. I'm not getting paid to do it. And yeah, with that now, if money wasn't, if money didn't matter, I think probably you've answered this a bit, but maybe if you can go into detail, if money didn't matter, you know, what would you be doing every single day of your life? Um, I would definitely, like I said a few times, I would definitely be on the farm. Um, mm. I don't think I would be as commercial as perhaps my dad is currently, because mm. you know the farm is the the breadwinner for the family. So Correct. it has put my brother and my sister through college. And um, I think for me, it would be, I would definitely still do a few crops. I would still have the cattle on the farm, but I would probably start to veer a little bit away from your commercial farming in a sense where mm. I don't think I would use, you know, your synthetic fertilizers, your pesticides, your herbicides, like, I would go a lot more into um, maybe having a big site on the farm somewhere where I could make a bunch of compost, you know, just from raw mm. materials and mm. worm farming and all that kind of stuff and just put natural compost into the lands and farm without... You see, I think there's, there is a way of doing it where you can still get very good yields but it does mm. take time and money to set yeah. those kind of things up. So I would definitely get into that. Um, and then, you know, like, yeah, I'll do a bit of beekeeping. I do enjoy um, working with bees. Like, you know, I would ideally have somewhere between like 50 to 100 beehives on the farm, some, around the farm, and just, you know, move them around, make some honey, sell the honey or give the honey away, whatever. I mean, yeah, it doesn't really need to be about the money. It's just I enjoy doing it. Um, mm. Then I think I would definitely get in a, like kind of more of a self-sustained farm. So, you know, get a chicken coop up and running again. Like we've got mm. one on the farm, but we don't currently have chickens in it. Um, mm. And I would definitely put up a, a big greenhouse mm. and start, uh, start growing some tropical fruits and stuff like that. Um, like I've got a pretty uh, good idea of how I, I would do it because in, where, you know, in, where we live, it's kind of, we get some cold winters. So yeah. 
basically basically we'd end up digging like about 10 meters down like these trenches and you'd take mm-hmm. a, like a big pipe you know and you'd lay them in the on the in the ground and they'd all be mm-hmm. connected and then they would come up there would be two points where these pipes would like an in an ex- enter or what is it an inlet and an outlet mm-hmm. so and then on the outlet you'd have or on the inlet you'd have a fan and basically it's geothermal heating so you'd cover all the pipes up again with dirt and like just let the grass grow naturally above it and then during the winter you'd have to turn the pipe the the fan on and it would suck cold air from above ground pull it Mm. underground through the piping system and then like at that depth the earth is naturally about 15 degrees celsius and then that air would just there would be a um a heat exchange from the ground and then that air would be a little bit warmer and then you'd pump that air into a greenhouse so you can always keep the air at a kind of ambient temperature in the winter so that would allow you to grow a lot of crops that wouldn't naturally grow in that area so i would have to i would definitely you know put up a big greenhouse and like have trees in there and just grow all sorts of things that wouldn't grow in our area um and yeah a little bit on the other side of it is, um, I think I would definitely have a little bit of a cannabis plantation. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I've already experimented a few times, like where I've kind of, like I'm not a breeder by any sense, but I've definitely taken two different strains and kind of, you know, cross-pollinated them and kind of made my own little strain. And I'd, yeah, get into, you know, a little bit of the psychedelic side of things, like, the, you know, we spoke about before the before we started recording, like grow some mushrooms, like yeah, get some cactuses growing, like you know, just use what nature has, you know, those yeah. those sort of psychedelics that are basically nature's gift to us humans. And yeah, I think I would just, you know, live on a farm and basically not go anywhere else. No, it's 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 it, sometimes I listen to you and I feel like, geez, you you've got the mind of a 30, 40, 50 year old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I have been told that a few times on yachts, like everyone, because I've got, obviously I shaved my head and, you know, I kind of look a little bit older than I am, but everybody always puts like 10 years on me. They're like, what, you that young? I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just because I don't have hair. But yeah, no, I've definitely been told that a few times. But, you know, I think it's, yeah, I guess you just kind of have to figure out. I mean, by by no means do I have anything figured out. Like, I'm not better than anyone else or claim to know much more than anyone else. I think it's just been very, very blessed to have grown up on a farm where, you know, maybe you were not as influenced by what society thought or where society was going. And it was kind of like, you know, yeah. I guess it's the same with you and I mean I don't think kids experience it nowadays but you know when you were a kid and you wanted to play like you went outside and you had to make something up like you, mm. a stone became a car or it you know leaves became money or whatever you just you played games and you just you know your imagination just went wild and I think just being on the farm growing up in nature and just you know being out there like definitely gave me a good basis and then I think spending those months with myself and actually just 
kind of soul searching a little bit definitely I think helped me mature to a point that yeah I guess you know I kind of know what I want to do and it's that's exactly it it's what I want you know it's it's not about anyone else it's it's you know I guess it's kind of you can look at it as a little bit selfish but you know what no one else is going to make you happy like you have to make yourself happy so that's one place I think you can be selfish. Mm-hmm. <laughs>